Volume Two, Chapter Twenty Two of Gwenwin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Gwenwin, A Romance of the Why by Main Reed. Volume Two, Chapter Twenty Two. What does he want? Mr. George Shenstone queries captain ryecroft reading from the card george shenstone he repeats with a look of blank astonishment what the deuce does it mean does what mean asks the major catching the other's surprise why this gentleman being here you see that he tosses the card across the table well what of it read the name mr george shenstone don't know the man haven't the most distant idea who he is have you oh yes old acquaintance friend i presume no enemy i hope if it be the son of a sir george shenstone of hertfordshire i can't call him either friend or enemy and as i know nobody else of the name i suppose it must be he if so what he wants with me is a question i can no more answer than the man in the moon i must get the answer from himself can i take the liberty of asking him into your house mahon certainly my dear boy bring him in here if you like and let him join us thanks major interrupts ryecroft but no i'd prefer first having a word with him alone instead of drinking he may want fighting with me oho ejaculates the major murtag to the servant an old soldier of the eighteenth show the gentleman into the drawing-room mr shenstone and i proceeds ryecroft in explanation have but the very slightest acquaintance i have only met him a few times in general company the last at a ball a private one just three nights ago twas that very morning i met the priest i supposed we'd seen up there twould seem as if everybody on the y side had taken the fancy to follow me into france ha <laughs> ha about the prêtre no doubt you're mistaken and maybe this isn't your man either the same name you're sure quite the herefordshire baronet's son is george as his father to whose title he is heir i never heard of his having any other stay interrupts the major again glancing at the card here's something to help identification an address ormston hall ah i didn't observe that in his agitation he had not the address being in small script at the corner ormston hall yes i remember sir george's residence is so called of course it's the son must be but why do you think he means fight something happened between you eh no nothing between us directly ah indirectly then of course the old trouble a woman well if it be fighting the fellows after i suppose it must be about that slowly rejoins ryecroft half in soliloquy and pondering over what took place on the night of the ball now vividly recalling that scene in the summer-house with the angry words there spoken he feels good as certain george shenstone has come after him on the part of miss wynne the thought of such championship stirs his indignation and he exclaims 
by heavens he shall have what he wants but i mustn't keep him waiting give me that card major the major returns it to him coolly observing if it is to be a blue pill instead of a whiskey punch i can accommodate you with a brace of barkers good as can be got in boulogne you haven't told me what your quarrel's about but from what i know of you ryecroft i take it you're in the right and you can count on me as a second lucky it's my left wing that's clipped with the right i can shoot straight as ever should there be need for making it a four-cornered affair thanks mahon you're just the man i'd have asked such a favour from the gentleman's inside the drawing room sir this from the ex-royal irish who has again presented himself saluting don't yield the sassenach an inch counsels the major a little of the old celtic hostility stirring within him if he demand explanations hand him over to me i'll give them to his satisfaction so old fellow be firm never fear returns ryecroft as he steps out to receive the unexpected visitor whose business with him he fully believes to have reference to gwendolyn wynne and so has it but not in the sense he anticipates nor about the scene on which his thoughts have dwelt george shenstone is not there to call him to account for angry words or rudeness of behaviour something more serious since it was the baronet's son who left Langoran court in company with a plain-clothes policeman the latter is still along with him though not inside the house he is standing upon the street at a convenient distance though not with any expectation of being called in or required for any farther service now professionally holding to writ nor the right to serve such if he had it his action hitherto has been simply to assist mr shenstone in finding the man suspected of either abduction or murder but as neither crime is yet proved to have been committed much less brought home to him the english policeman has no further errand in boulogne while the english gentleman now feels that his is almost as idle and aimless the impulse which carried him thither though honourable and gallant was begot in the heat of blind passion when win having no brother he determined to take the place of one his father not saying nay and so resolved he had set out to seek the supposed criminal interview him and then act according to the circumstances as they should develop themselves in the finding of his man he has experienced no difficulty luggage labelled langham hotel london gave him hot scent as far as the grand caramanserai at the bottom of portland place beyond it was equally fresh and lifted with like ease the traveller's traps redirected at the langham paris via folkestone and boulogne the new address there noted by porters and traffic manager was indication sufficient to guide george shenstone across the channel and cross it he did by the next day's packet for boulogne arrived in the french seaport he would have gone straight on to paris had he been alone but accompanied by the policeman the result was different this an old dog of the detective breed soon as setting foot on french soil went sniffing about among sergents de ville and douaniers 
the upshot of his investigations being to bring the chase to an abrupt termination he finding that the game had gone no further in short from information received at the custom house captain ryecroft was run to earth in the rue tintillere under the roof of major mahon and now that george shenstone is himself under it having sent in his card and been ushered into the drawing-room he does not feel at his ease instead greatly embarrassed not from any personal fear he has too much pluck for that it is a sense of delicacy consequent upon some dread of wrongdoing what after all if his suspicions prove groundless and it turn out that captain ryecroft is entirely innocent his heart torn by sorrow exasperated with anger starting away from herefordshire he did not thus interrogate then he supposed himself in pursuit of an abductor who when overtaken would be found in the company of the abducted but meanwhile both his suspicions and sentiments have undergone a change how could they otherwise he pursued has been travelling openly and without any disguise leaving traces at every turn and deflection of his route plain as finger-posts a man guilty of aught illegal much more one who has committed a capital crime would not be acting thus besides captain ryecroft has been journeying alone unaccompanied by man or woman no one seen with him until meeting his friend major mahon on the packet landing at boulogne no wonder that mr shenstone now au fait to all this easily ascertained along the route of travel feels that his errand is an awkward one embarrassed when ringing major mahon's doorbell he is still more so inside that room while awaiting the man to whom his card has been taken for he has intruded himself into the house of a gentleman a perfect stranger to himself to call his guest to account the act is inexcusable rude almost to grotesqueness but there are other circumstances attendant of themselves unpleasant enough the thing he has been tracking up is no timid hare or cowardly fox but a man a soldier gentleman as himself who like a tiger of the jungles may turn upon and tear him it is no thought of this no craven fear which makes him pace major mahon's drawing-room floor so excitedly his agitation is due to a different and nobler cause the sensibility of the gentleman with the dread of shame should he find himself mistaken but he has a consoling thought prompted by honour and affection he embarked in the affair and still urged by them he will carry to the conclusion Cut que cut. End of chapter twenty two. Read by Lars Rolander.